You may be a Scot, but unlike Layden, you are not fired. You're hired. I would never relieve you of your duties. Shows what you know. I quit. What? Oh my god, really? No, no, no. Like Layden, I'm loyal. Welcome to episode 142 of Wolves Cast, the show angling to be the Timberwolves' New Jersey patch sponsor now that the Fitbit contract expired. Hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. 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 Not uh, Scott Layden. Not Layden. You're in the house. There's not so much. I had a trivia round uh, a couple weeks ago oh. called Not So Great Scots <laughs> because it's a bad name. There, there are a lot of bad people in the world named Scott, not, not so many good ones. Like current people or like historically? Both. Okay. Both. There's just a lot a lot of bad Who's Scots Who's the worst there. Scott? Who's the worst Scott ever? Um, trying to think of like a dictator or something like that. <laughs> trying to think. I mean, I, I don't think you're the worst Scott ever, just for the, oh, like, no, for, for I, the record. I'm, I'm kind of on the right side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scott Adams made Dilbert. He sucks. Oh, never heard of him. Um, there's Scott Pruitt, Scott Walker. Oh, Scott Walker sucks. Oh, there you go. That's Screw a good Scott one. Scott Walker. Yeah, Scott Walker. There you Orson go. Scott Card. Wrote Ender's Game, but is a huge bigot. Scott Disick. There's a lot of bad Scots. Some of these are deep cuts, though. There's no, <laughs> there's no obvious ones. Francis right? Scott Key. He sucks. There's not like a serial killer named Scott or something like that. Like uh, you know, thankfully, historically, not that I know of, but probably, <laughs> you know. So I'm just saying, like, who's the best Scott? Wow. I think Scotty Pippen. He's a Scotty. Ooh, that's really good. That's um, what I'm saying. There's not a lot of great Scots out there. Yeah, especially if it's held to the first the first name, right? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Wow. You let us know. Who who are your favorite uh, Scots in history? Besides me. Besides uh, obviously you don't need to waste characters. Yeah, well, know, that go, that goes without saying, obviously. But yeah, Scott Layden is out. Our Wolf's cast logo would so look so good on a jersey. Although if yeah. it was a darker jersey, we'd have to what do a white version of the logo, right, yeah. make it pop a little bit. It could bit. still work. It could still work. I noticed. Figure it out. This is just off the cuff. I noticed on Instagram the Wolves posted photos from the next gen NBA Two K One with oh, yeah, the yeah. City Edition jerseys. Uh-huh. They were missing the green star that's yeah. in the center of part of the chest. It's like the main draw. It's the, like the, the, t- the titular star. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> why, why are you sharing these images? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It looks, totally. It's terrible. Come on, guys. All right. Uh, welcome, to Wolves Cast, everybody. We are a couple days away from uh, first Timberwolves game of the season. Ooh, yeah. first preseason on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Jump, jump on it, you guys. It's coming up soon. So yeah, we got another. Great episode of Wolves Cast here for you this week in Full Court Press. We'll be talking about the schedule that was released, uh, the front office shakeup, uh, including Scott Layden being uh, let go, and some uh, thoughts from uh, training camp thus far. We have a sponsor. We, uh, we have a big, big bag of full of mail, chock full of mail that we are going to get to. We got lots of questions to get to, so that's really going to be the, the meat of this episode. And then uh, Weekly Wolfies in a game, but of course... Uh, but yeah, welcome into the show. Uh, hope you enjoy what we have for you here. But Scott, let's race right into it. It's time for Full Court Press. Here's the tip. Full oh. Court Sprint. Oh yeah, we're sprinting through the Full Court today. We're going to be winded. We're going to be wheezing, you know, a little bit. Scott, can you handle that's why, it? That's why I don't like getting, uh, you know, I don't like crashing the offensive boards. <laughs> right. Because then my man. You're if, under the hoop. If my man starts, yeah, if I'm under the hoop and my guy takes <laughs> off before I do, I'm not catching him. I'm just not fast enough, you know? <laughs> That's right. We're going to do our best here, uh, you know, on this show, though, because we, like I said, we've got so many mailbag questions to get to, but we got a lot of other things to talk about. First, most notably, uh, the first half 
of the Timberwolves' uh, schedule. That's right. Has yep. been released. The NBA is so confident that the season's going to get canceled because of COVID that they did not bother to schedule the second half of the season. They were yeah. just like, you know what? It's unlikely we're going to we'll play We'll see how that. it goes. It's mostly going to be in the bubble. We'll create a bubble in Orlando again for the second half. Yeah, yeah. Cancel so, the teams that are on the fringe. So we have games through the first week of March scheduled. That is when uh, the All-Star break is going to be. Uh, uh, the 5th of March is the All-Star break. So we have lots of uh, lots of other games, though, that are that are scheduled. And, you know, as we know, with this season, it's shorter, 72 games total. And, uh, you know, lots of uh, di- changes to sort of how things are operating as far as travel, as far as back-to-backs go. You have uh, – they're trying to make that as little as possible, right? L- less travel, uh, less flying all over the place. Which is well, why you get the the rare back-to-back in the same city kind of back-to-backs. Mm, I mean, we've seen some back-to-backs like Grizzlies play here. We play in Memphis the next day kind of stuff. Yeah. But we've never seen – Play play in Golden State and then play in Golden State again the next day. Two games against Golden State just it's gonna be weird. Getting crossed out. Very so. very baseball style, right? Very like series. Yeah, you're traveling right? <laughs> in for a series. Yeah, true. It'll be interesting. I'm gonna love to read the coverage, you know, from yeah, awesome people like Canis Hoopus. Oh yeah, yeah this, so. all of our blogging partners too. You know, especially Canis. Like they, they've been there for a long time. I'm sure it'll be wolves. interesting to cover how the players are reacting to being set up in town for a couple days at a time. Just sort of thinking of it as like eight quarters rather than four, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we got eight quarters against the Lakers. All, All right. right, we got blown out in, <laughs> tonight in our first game, but really it's just halftime. It's just halftime, guys. I got to turn it around. So, yeah, they're, you know, lessening the travel uh, stuff and, yeah, lots of the back-to-backs. Mostly it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Pretty much every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, these games will be happening. And, um, you know, as as you can see, and then then typically one game uh, on Saturday or Sunday as well. Pretty much every Wednesday is full for the Wolves. Pretty much every Monday, Friday as well. But then, you know, with that sort of weekend situation, you're getting a lot of three games and four nights on those weekends, right? So you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You're playing three of those um, three of those days. So the weekends are going to be going to be really intense, I think, across the NBA. Um, and then, you know, you, you get your breaks on Tuesdays and Thursdays, basically, is how, how it's going to go. So that's that's kind of an interesting bring it on. I, you know, yeah. it's one of those things where during a normal season, I might complain about not having the time to live my whole life yeah. and also watch four to five games a week. <laughs> but as I saw during baseball season, I've got nothing to do. Give me a game every single yeah. day. You know, there's not even good TV on anymore. So with the lack of live sports to consume, I mean, I haven't watched live sports basically. I mean, I, I watched a few Northwestern football games, but other than that, I haven't watched one since the World Series ended so bring yeah. in the live sports i'm ready to have four to five games a week and for me it's totally new i mean i covered the links um you know all summer but that was a bubble situation right it was very it was kind of different you know it wasn't it's was just i don't know I mean, it's gonna be interesting to cover a traveling you know potential covid type of thing you know in these bubble situations they did such a good job with it that was never even part of the equation really they it did was... such a good job with it they decided not to do it again <laughs> it was like we were so successful we were the best sport and making sure our players don't get COVID. Oh, you're going to do that again this season? No. No, we're going to no. get on airplanes and we're going to go in hotels and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll see. That's such a big thing hanging over the season for sure. Um, another cool thing about the schedule, though, for the Wolves, Scott, is Martin Luther King Day. Oh, yeah. Wolves are in. Highlight. I mean, that's already, I've said for years, it's one of my favorite holidays, if not my favorite holiday. You know, one, celebrating something great, obviously. Yeah, you great know. cause. Yeah, great. A lot of cel- a lot of holidays we celebrate are really for dumb reasons. This is a great cause. You know, yeah. the man deserves his holiday. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think less of companies that don't give their employees time off on Martin Luther King Day. So you can think about your employer and how I think about them regarding that. Um, but I also love it. Uh, since college, we get a cake every year, um, ML Cake. And uh, I watch, you know, tons of NBA. It's always a huge programming day for the NBA. Yeah, so lots of games. You get off work, you have some cake, you watch NBA all Is day. Is it always a Monday? This year it's Monday, January 18th. Yes, it's always a Monday. Always a Monday. Always a Monday. So that's good, long weekend vibes. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, I absolutely love it. And I'm excited that I'll be able to watch the Wolves this year. It's also going to be a significant game because it's in Atlanta. Yeah. And they have the MLK special jerseys. Oh, amazing. That's their city edition jersey. And Maybe so even like a court. They're going to have too. a special court. And oh. like they always pull out the stuff. So bring in like yeah. a full church gospel choir to sing on the day of you know Atlanta and Memphis are kind of like the two big always playing always doing cool stuff around it type of team so it's on one hand it's like are we gonna be is it gonna be such like a big night for Atlanta that it's kind of like an automatic L you know like we we can't you know lose the jerseys yeah this is our home court we got the special court you know for this and everything but uh it could be the opposite maybe it inspires our players so much you know yeah but either way, it's one of it's my favorite holiday, and I'm excited for that game. That'll be a good matchup. Now, a lot of people, I think, when the first response when this schedule came out for the Wolves was like, "Dang, it is stacked against us. Look at all these playoff teams we got to play. We start with, you know, we're not going to run through the whole thing here. We, get, we again, we got mailbag to get to, but uh, you know, we start with Pistons, which which you know they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. But then after that, it's like. So many Western Conference playoff teams, like back-to-backs and stuff like that. So, But I kind of push back on that this year. I think, in general, this is the toughest NBA season to predict in, in just a wide way. But then especially, I, I just think for the Wolves, too, with just Towns not playing last year and um, all the new players and sort of, yeah, they're, they're, they're different kind of, uh, you know, they don't have their, their pick this year. They're, they're going to kind of go for it, I think. So I, I just, I think it's a really hard year to say, oh, you got to play the Lakers and Clippers early on. Those are both L's. It's like, especially all the COVID stuff. Like, how do you even know what's going to happen here? It's so, so difficult. Yeah. And that brings me to what my point about the schedule. It's tough because there's like a game every other day. Yes. So what happens when you have to shut the team down for a week because yeah. of COVID? Yeah. Like that's what we saw in Major League Baseball. A team would get COVID and then it would just ruin another team or two teams week because now they're off for like the whole week uh-huh. and you can't watch your favorite team play because the team they were supposed to play has COVID yeah. and and then MLB got really weird like at the end of the season one team I think it was the Cardinals had missed a ton of games so they were playing double headers like four times mm. a week mm. and just to get all the games right. back just in catch up you can't do that in basketball so what yeah. happens if we miss a week do those games never come back do the NBA try to reschedule them you know yeah I think that's part of why they did the first half as well so they you know could take those those reschedule games into account here in the second half and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be wild to sort of experience that and yeah you've kind of gone through it with MLB and I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see how they, how they handle how they handle all that and you know, you hope for the best things, and the NBA did a good job with the bubble, obviously. But you know, it's going to be a whole different game, uh, letting everybody run around the country. Um, anything else, Scott, on uh, on schedule stuff? I'm excited. It, it makes it feel a little bit more right. real. You know? Yes, yes. Still such a weird, weird off season that uh, you know, it's it's nothing feels real these days. But I love looking at it. All right, next up. He's heating up. All right, uh, there are there are a big front office shakeup happening here, Scott. You we love have... to see it one week before pre or three days before preseason <laughs> begins. <laughs> That's right. The Wolves announcing additions and promotions to basketball operations staff. You know, I don't know if we need to read out all the names here, but uh, you know, Gerson Rosas is uh, continuing to uh, fill out. Uh, the front office there. And I don't know that all of these are necessarily 
replacing other people. I think a lot of these could be, this is just a new position. We're just going to have more people working in our front office, which mm-hmm. seems like a good thing, right? I mean, I guess at some point there's only, you know, you're, you're running into, uh, you know, who, who knows how much benefit you can have. You have, you know, dozens and dozens of people in your front office. But I don't know. I think in general, more minds is, is better than less and stuff like that. So, you know, you got positions for, you know, director of analytics, college scouting coordinators, vice president of sports science and player performance, uh, you know, stuff like that. Vice president of player programs, diversity and inclusion. That's great. New video person, player development. Um, some of the big ones here, obviously. The big one is uh, Rudy Tomjanovich coming in as a player personnel consultant. And uh, Rudy T., uh, you know, legendary NBA head coach, Hall of Famer. Uh, I believe won some titles in the mid-90s as the coach of the Rockets and those Hakeem Olajuwon. Kenny Smith <laughs> teams back then. So that's a big one. You know, obviously Rockets, uh, Rockets background there for Rosas. Um, and another assistant coach, Joseph Blair, who I don't know anything about. He'll be on the bench. So those are kind of the big two as far as those guys go. But, yeah, lots, lots of new people in the front office, Scott. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, on one hand, it's nice to see promotions and hiring happen because, I mean, the way sports were hit, a lot of teams did layoffs. Um, yeah. I know that. Some people we knew with the Wolves got laid off, and yeah. that, that really sucks. And I hope that, you know, I'm sure some of those people who were laid off are now reading this news release and being like, oh, so that person's taking my job. Uh-huh. You know, that's, yes. Here's that's the new it's me. always awkward mm. when you get fired or, you know, you get laid off by a company, and then you see your job posting go back up, and you're like, oh, I see. So you're right. like, looking for someone to take my job. <laughs> I see. Uh, so, you know, that's a little awkward. So, you know, shout out to all the people who were laid off by the Wolves and are seeing this news and maybe struggling with it. But at the very least, you know, it's good. It's better than seeing people get fired. Shout out to Scott Layden. Yeah. And then, yeah, the big one is Scott Layden is uh, is out in the Wolves uh, front office. I believe he was like the official GM of the team. I'm not exactly sure how all these titles work, but obviously he, he remained on uh, from the you know, from the the Thibodeau era, Thibodeau hired him to kind of be his right hand man. You know, it was pitched as a a very fifty fifty kind of split. Like, all right, yeah, we're both up here, but we're gonna balance this out. And it kind of, from uh, John Krasinski's reporting, kind of made it sound like it was you know, Layden really took a backseat, and it was really yeah, it was really it was, the, it Thibodeau was the Thibodeau show. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it totally was and the so, Thibodeau show. You know, in, in which case, you know, I'll take that job. Let me be the GM and not make any Collect decisions. Millions, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, like twist my arm. I won't complain about it. <laughs> right. But it was weird that he stopped on after Thibodeau left because all yeah. the Thibodeau guys it was kind of a cl- cleaning house situation yeah, except for Layden and, and so I guess like, he was just owed so much money and allegedly that, that he must was have been with it. Glenn like he made up a good relationship with Glenn so he was still around but not, no more I guess it kind of came down to um, you know a lot of the restrictions around this year and only being able to travel with fewer, fewer people on the team mm-hmm. this year and so and I guess Layden was living in New York and like Tilla you know doing all this stuff so I guess it well, just made sense things where if he writes a book someday or, yeah, you know, it was a low post that you get the Harry Potter truth serum out. <laughs> I would love, I would love to have an honest recollection of his time in Minnesota right. just to see right. how, how much influence what he was doing during the Thibodeau era. Got, there's got to be some amazing Thibodeau era I stories. Don't, I would be surprised if, if he was like fooled by this whole thing. Like right. he goes back, you know, he went back to New, his New York days and stuff like that with, with, with Thibodeau. He probably knew what he was getting in, <laughs> into in this. Like, oh yeah, I'm not really going to have much of a say here. Right. And But then he sticks around afterwards and I don't really, I'm not super clear on what he's been doing the past two years. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's fascinating and I hope that our boy Johnny K at the yeah. Athletic will break that story because I want to hear about what happened. I mean, the, the piece is very, you know, 
know, very positive about Layden's involvement and kind of, you know, makes me think that's kind of one of the John sources or, you know, who helped him out with this because he had this scoop first. But it was very, really glowing towards how Layden really helped the transition effort, really. He was there before and mm. he was kind of, Rosas liked to have him around because he knew the lay of the land for before he got there and stuff like that. So he know, wasn't like, Rosas isn't actually the boss. No transition. I will not help. That's Scott's Trump, you guys. That's Scott's Trump impression right there. I've done it better, but I just don't care. I, I that's don't your like, Alec Baldwin. I don't like the that's your Alec Baldwin doing, doing Trump. Trump. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I could do I could do it better, but I don't want to because yeah, it's over. It's over. We don't no, need him. No on more the spot. of that. But yeah, just interesting. Uh, the full uh, the full Rosas, I believe, is here now, right? We got. It just seems like he's got all the people now. You it's know, Rosas's. other than Ryan Saunders, that's kind of the other big one. That's the other mm-hmm. big holdover. But they're saying all the right things. Quite and a they're, holdover. They're holding hands at all times. This is my coach. This is you know we're a partnership. That kind of thing. So I guess technically that is another big one. But right now they're he's, they're saying all the right things about that. I think we have a mailbag question about him. Yes. so we'll save our talk we'll, until that. We'll get to more of that. Are you ready to move on? Let's do it. He's on fire. Oh, yeah. On fire. Training camp has begun. Last week when we talked, uh, it was like individual workouts. But since then, the team has got A lot gotten... of photos. No, no yes. video. Yes. You're not going to record a guy just doing sprints on himself no. by himself. Yes. No full court sprint photos. But now the guys are all playing together. Uh, most people have passed their COVID tests. We've really... Uh, Nas Reed is the last one, I think, who is... Um, you know, we don't know what his health situation is, but he's not been on the court and you have to, you know, have so many negative tests over like the course of a week and stuff like that. So a little bit of questions about that and what his health is for that. But, um, you know, Wancho's in, uh, uh, Hollis Jefferson, um, is in there as well. So, um, yeah, pretty much at full strength, uh, practicing together, you know, like you said, we're getting video now, right? That's been fun. It's been fun to have what I call the B roll of, uh, the practice, like two minute clip. Ricky throwing an oop to cat. You know, love it, love it. You gotta, you gotta get it out there because it's interesting. I know this from covering the links and in person in previous years. Is the media availability is right at the end of practice, and sometimes practice runs over a little bit, and they hold you in this little room, and then they let you into the um, the court area and kind of stand around and wait for practice to be over. So you can usually catch a few minutes at the end of practice. It's really, you know, you know, you don't really glean anything from that, but it's still fun to see them right there. And so I think this is kind of in place of that, where it's like, okay, here's some actual footage for it. It's not yeah. really for the fans even though it is being put out like that i think it is more for the press but um you know it's cool to see it in that way too yeah it's just good to see guys you know doing basketball things you know yeah dribbling drills and just seeing like just watch wancho shoot shoot a you know three-pointer it's like okay there's wancho yeah everybody seems to be in good spirits i mean everything every team in the league is at this point especially for the teams that weren't invited to the bubble the delete eight you know just like you know they haven't played in forever they have they did a training camp this summer i guess they did some of this stuff but all the guys weren't there and it wasn't like for real so i think Especially for the Wolves and some of the you know non-bubble teams, I think it's really special for them to be like, oh, we're back. This is it feels like normal a little bit right. in this crazy world we're in right now. So I like what I've been seeing. Right? It's 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 it's, it's nothing huge, but again, like the schedule release, I feel like it's this like thing of just like, all right, it's right around the corner. Here's some proof. <laughs> Yeah, in any other year we wouldn't talk about this, but it's just <laughs> right. been so 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 long since we've had watched any basketball related things related to the Timberwolves. That even watching like Ricky, seeing a photo of Ricky and D'Lo together is just like, whoa! Look at them, there they are. It's like two different eras here, you know. It's like seeing those photos of like Ricky and Wiggins playing with KG when he came back to the Wolves. It's just like all these different eras, you know, all in the same same court at the yeah. same time. It's blowing my mind. Yeah, and as far as like interviews go, you know, we're getting a few interviews. 
interviews after every um, media availability and, you know, mostly just like quotes you'll see on Twitter from some of the, you know, press and stuff like that. But I haven't seen, you know, not that it's going to be super illuminating, but I'm trying to think of some of the things that have kind of been um, put out there as far as like from from Ryan. Like it hasn't really been a lot about how they're going to play, if anything's going to be too different with the defensive scheme or Sounds like I think I've, I heard a clip of them saying the defensive scheme is going to be similar. Like okay. they're going to keep with Vanderpool's yeah. kind of what he was trying to do last year. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Or I mean, it didn't. It did. It didn't. It wasn't to pay good dividends last year. But no. I guess part of it is is like it's a system for a reason. Like it takes time, and yeah, you kind of gotta have the right pieces for it. So. Yeah, I mean, I generally like the idea, but then also at some point, if it's not working, you have to be you have to know when that time is and, and switch things up. So that's obviously a tough thing for coaches. But you know, I, I think a lot of lineup and and um, rotation things are yet to be seen. I think we'll we'll learn more about that here in the upcoming week as we get three preseason games uh, here on Saturday, Tuesday, and then next Thursday. Um, you know, I think we'll learn more about that. But I think all season is going to be tough for a lot of these teams. Who knows what COVID's going to be? And I think there's going to be a lot more resting from most teams and stuff like yep. that again literally playing every other day for months on end um i think you're gonna see some and some resting like you did not play rest or little fake injuries and stuff like that yeah. so the rotation stuff i think is gonna be fascinating this year i don't think any team is really gonna have like a solid type of thing especially the teams that fancy themselves playoff teams they're saving it for that right right yeah so yeah training camp is underway it's exciting we talked about it b-roll's happening so uh, we'll see what next week holds for training camp. And, yeah, no, it's preseason. Yeah, We're having preseason games to talk about next week. That's right. Well, that's two, amazing. The third one will be happening while we're recording the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but next week we'll have two Memphis games back-to-back. The, the back-to-back stuff, you know, doesn't start the regular season. It starts in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Two, games, two games against uh, Gorgie and Tyus. Uh, to start off our year, I think both are both are at Target Center, and then uh, the third game is in Dallas, I believe. So, yeah, so that'll be next week. But uh, yeah, that's it for Full Court Press. Time to get to our sponsor this week, Scott. Let's jump right in. In the world of sideline style, one name rises above them all: Ryan Saunders. For years, the swagalicious couture of the NBA's youngest coach has turned heads from coast to coast. His unmatched collection of patterned blazers, designer belts, and spread collars have been the calling card of a highly advanced man of fashion. This week, the NBA announced it would be relaxing its dress code for the upcoming season. Gone are the requirements for coaches to dress to the nines in a suit and tie. This season, those who prowl the sidelines and draw up plays will look a little more comfortable. Hello polo shirts, goodbye suit jackets. Introducing Saunders Style, the subscription fashion service from Ryan Drip Saunders. Each month, you'll receive multiple curated outfits to wear while you coach your team to victory. Your Saunders-style delivery has you covered from head to toe with smart, well-tailored, modern threads to have you looking your best inside empty arenas all year. New protocols, of course, also call for every coach to wear a face mask. Please, wear a face mask, everybody. Saunders-styles has you covered there as well. Your monthly delivery will include multiple masks to match your new wardrobe as well as your team's colors. Your players won't be able to hear you call out a play, but you'll look great regardless. So whether you're an NBA coach or just someone who appreciates the fashion stylings of Young Rhino, Saunders Style is a sartorial subscription service for you. Thank you to Saunders Style for sponsoring this episode of Wolves Cast. All right, up next, it's time for Mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. 
Letters are letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you Yeah Alright, Mailbag First time for this Timberwolf season We are digging into the mailbag And it is chock full of Thank you, everybody letters. Wow That's how you know that That excitement for the season is still there Because come April We're always just like Hey, can we How many questions can we feature From the same three people <laughs> Because everyone's all burned out by, Of the Timberwolves by then That's right So right now, though The, the bag overfloweth Oh, yeah We're not going to get to everybody's uh, For the people who sent in questions That we don't answer on the pod We'll try to hop on Twitter And give you our answers uh, so Yeah, we appreciate Everybody sending them in It's pretty rare for us to turn away Turn away mail <laughs> mailbag submissions So thank you to everybody Who wrote in to us Let's, uh, let's get it's, into these. You know, these. just like 2020, the Postal Service, uh, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't get all the letters across nowadays. <laughs> That's right. All right. So I'll start with some Twitter ones, then we'll get to Instagram. First one comes to us from uh, Comey Cal, K-O-U, uh, K-O-N-U-M-Y Cal, K-A-L. Uh, Comey Cal asks, how can the Timberwolves be a better team defense? Is it just players locking in on their man, or is there a scheme that would help? Uh, good question, uh, Comey. We better hope the scheme is the Vanderpolt scheme because that's what we're going to do. Yes. Um, yeah, a better team defense. So I think the Wolves actually finished the season last year with like a league average like defense. Like it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But last yeah, year's but, all the all the you know team ratings and stuff from last year's team are just you should really just toss them out. Right. And there was like that fourteen game stretch where Cat was out and Gorgie and Rocco played amazing defense. Oh, yeah. and it was like the best defense in the league for yeah, that yeah. stretch of games. And that really skewed our year end numbers. And Not totally predictive regards. on what could possibly happen this season. I mean. Uh, how can they be better? Uh, it starts with Towns. I mean, quite simply, the best way to be good at defense is to protect the rim. Um, obviously, you want to limit three-pointers. You want to not foul. There's lots of other things you want to do, but rim defense is the most important way, the easiest way to have a really good defense, and Towns just hasn't been good there, and so um, that's that's what I'm looking at. I mean, we talked about the scheme with the drop back with Vanterpool, and uh, really, it's just on Towns to get better at that end, I think. Well, our favorite Timberwolves writer, Rob's has been pointing out that the advanced stats actually say when Towns is one-on-one against a person around the rim, he actually it plays good defense. It lowers the opponent's shooting percentage at the rim significantly. But the problem comes whenever he has to make decisions. This right. is a pick and roll. Who, which guy do I guard? Which, or, uh, you know, that's not my man. And so I'm going to try and run over and be the help defender. And now I've left my guy wide open. Like Towns is bad at decision making. So there is a window where he could be okay at protecting the rim. But I think that's what brings me to my answer is discipline. Yep. We, you know, we have a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who are, you know, like Beasley trying to get paid by shooting a lot. You know, we got Wancho is the same way. Now they've got their contracts, so maybe they won't feel like they have to gun and put up stats for, you know, quite as much as they did before. But we just need discipline. Um, there's a lot of guys who the system, it's hard because Vanderpool's system got trashed last year because our defense was bad. But if our guys aren't sticking to the system, it's not really the system's fault, you know? So just young players freelancing and drifting in and out of being competitive, that's, that's, what kills us. So, I mean, yeah, the team is going to be bad on defense. You just have to hope that they're closer to 20 than they are 30th in the league. I feel like that is that's right. going to be it. I think could, 20th is like the high water mark. I, I can't think, imagine it being better than that. Right. And I think like yeah, we might be a top 5 offense. We have the potential to be a top 3 offense. Yeah. 
if everything clicks. But yeah, if if you're that good on offense, maybe you can get away with only a top 20 defense. Like I said, I think last week, though, there is a world where we don't have the personnel that's going to stand up and stop people in the paint or stop people from penetrating. But we do have the personnel to jump into passing lanes. Deflections are going to be big on this team. And with a team that likes to run, which seems like the biggest strength of this team is transition and how much we're going to be able to run. And we have guys who can throw the ball up the court now. And I think that's really going to be the style we're going after. And so how do you run? You create turnovers is one way to do it. Totally. All right. Uh, at 3OTLO uh, writes, am I insane to have optimism? Did the Wolves take themselves out of the in-season trade options? So kind of two questions there. Are you insane to have optimism? No, I think at this time it's natural to have optimism. And, uh, you know, as a Wolves fan, maybe you are insane to have optimism in a larger sense because, hey, things never work out for the Timberwolves. So. It depends on what you're optimistic about. <laughs> right. Are you optimistic we're going to win the finals this year? Because then that's not good. Are you optimistic it'll be a fun season that we'll enjoy watching then yeah you know yeah. but i think he probably just means we're going to be more competitive maybe win some more games than yeah. what everyone's widely predicting and i think that you know there's definitely a road there you know one like we said it's hard to predict what the rest of the league will do between covid and all that stuff there could be a chance where the rest of the west gets decimated and the wolves are you know a top five seed because they're the only team that got to play the games or something like that crazy could happen but i do think there's a lot of optimism for one our offense becoming the best in the league there's that potential there you know and also the optimism that you know, we we expect so little of them on defense, like even them being competent for times on the court is, uh, you know, it's cause for celebration. I, I forget what pod I was listening to. Maybe it was Dane Moore and Britt. A lot of great pods on Canis Shout Hoopas out right now. Canis. But they were saying, you know, with the way this offense is supposed to go, it's going to be a shootout every game. And so you don't really need to play good defense all game. You only have to play good defense for the last five minutes, you know? So can, just key can stretches. you put together a defense to get a few stops down the end, at the end of games when your offense is, you know, converting at such a high efficiency that you just need a couple stops? And as far as taking themselves out of in-season trade options, no. I kind of don't understand the question, actually. I mean, Well, they you have, know, the idea that I think some people have said we squandered the James Johnson asset, you know, he's oh. expiring, that could be traded. But, you know... Everybody at Rosas. They can just trade Rubio. I mean, they, can, there's, they have lots of guys who are still tradable, even like Russell. You know, he can be traded. So I don't know. Every day under the Rosas regime is trade season. Totally. So these, yeah. These guys love trading guys. So no, we're not out of it. And if you think that, you know, we're limited, I guarantee you Rosas could put together something that you haven't even thought of. At underscore Nicholas Holder writes Does a lack of in real life fans put a little less in real life pressure? IRL. On our young core. I know, I just I say IRL. He wrote it the way he wrote it, though. He wrote IRL because okay. he wants you to read it IRL. I was just trying to I save see you, characters. Nicholas. I see you. IRL. Like, it reminds me of TRL. Mm. <laughs> just looking at it. Total request live. That's right, all caps. Uh, I, let's see. So, yeah, I was just asking if like the lack of fans in the arena is going to make it easier on, um, on the players. I, I guess I could see that. I could see it being a little bit of a different in-game experience for some of these young guys and yeah, not having the crowd. You know, I just think about like Culver and stuff missing free throws last year. <laughs> I was just like, man, the weight of the world is just on these guys. And I can't imagine that an arena full of 18,000 people, especially at home, watching them clank and airball 
ball free throws is not is not helping. So uh, I think in some ways that's possible, but in other ways, really they're they're just trying to perform and trying to you know please their coach and you know play for their teammates and stuff like that. And so those things are going to remain whether there's fans or not. So I guess I would say a little bit, but probably not too much. Yeah, especially because the Wolves crowd is never really a crowd to really <laughs> right. you know get on a guy and, and really bully him or something like that. So I don't think there yes. was a lot of pressure to go around. So maybe a little bit, but I feel like. You know, I, I I don't know what it was like last college season, but I yeah. imagine Georgia draws more people than you know the Timberwolves do. So Anthony yeah. Edwards is, you know, probably used to playing with the bigger crowds than yeah, normal all Timberwolves the pressure, are. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think they're it's relieving a lot of pressure, but maybe a little bit. Yeah. All right, Lex Drewy from Down Under, a longtime fan. Shout out to Lex. Writes uh, looking at the schedule specifically, the same team back to backs. How many do we expect to have split result? Is it enough for teams to re-strategize, et cetera? That's interesting. Yeah, like like we were saying, right? You, you lose the first game, you're like, all right, now we're just getting started here. The now best example of this was last year we had a away and at home back-to-back with the Utah Jazz. I remember that, yeah. And in Utah, Towns destroyed Gobert. Oh, just yeah. like was abusing him. Gobert was, ended up guarding like Trevion Graham or something because Cat was just doing terrible things out there. Yeah. Out there. Gobert was lost. And then they changed their whole game strategy for the next game and they came back and just crushed the Wolves at home. Yeah. And it was just like they clearly game stra- they changed the game strategy. They knew what they were doing with Gobert the second time around. And you could see that change made the huge difference. And so there'll be harder it'll be harder to get away with things like that. You know, I think obviously in the second game they could be like, well, this lineup was killing us against this lineup. It'll, we can do an easy change. But I wouldn't expect too much change because a lot of these are back to back nights. And after you get done playing a game, you usually don't have a game run through the next morning, you know? Yeah. So I don't know how much teams are going to practice the morning after game one. Uh, maybe it'll be a lot of film, probably. You yeah, know? it looks like in the first uh, half of the games, there's six sets of those back-to-backs. And yeah, most of them, there's a day between. The, the Spurs game, there's not, though. They play a Saturday and a Sunday, <laughs> both nights in Target Center, doing them both. Uh, you know, so that it will be interesting to see the same team. Two nights back with to the back. Grizz too. Yeah, back with to the back Grizzlies, in Target Center, two Warriors, two in San Francisco. Yeah, there's these two different uh, Cavaliers home and away. That's kind of odd in back-to-back nights too. Wow, they're playing Sunday, Monday against the Cavs. One at Target Center, one at uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's how they so, have a back-to-back with Milwaukee uh, yeah. and the Bulls too. Okay, where two different cities. You know, two different yeah, yeah. So but. that's going to be. That's. I, I just wonder how much different experimentation you might see of like I don't know, especially for like some of these teams that are like playoff teams are like all right we're going to use this almost like as like a simulation where it's like well if you played these five guys to start in, the, in game one and then in game two we start you know we tweak it a little bit so yeah. you might see some stuff like we that. can I, uh, I think maybe we'll learn a lot more about you know, coach strip saunders and what he can do because yep. you know a lot of the complaints about him is he hasn't done anything good for the wolves but it's hard to be it's been hard to judge him especially as a fan Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think at least we'll be like we'll be able to watch what coaches make more adjustments between game one and game two, and probably get a better idea of which coaching staffs are better because of that. Uh, staffs, not friend staffs. of the pod, Jared Jacobs at Prof Pigskin. Shout out to Kings of the North. It's a great uh, podcast. Yeah, we, we say you it all should the listen time. to it. We say it all the time. We're not it's, lying. It's super wacky this season. Uh, writes who is the best bowler on the squad, and then other friend of the pod, Neil Liebenguth writes follow up. Who would look best in a bowler hat? All right, now we're getting into some juicy stuff here, Scott. Let's 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 dive in. You did some research about uh, Timberwolves players and bowling. To. It was uh, I think like two years ago. It was like a hot thing. Last in the season, it was a big part of the Timberwolves media, guide. but just league wide, it was like it was a big deal. I remember like guys being on TV 
Lee going boy or Chris Paul's like leading the way. And then yeah, you there's Tim Rolls players from last season's team or whatever, right? That that wrote that that was one of their one of their big hobbies. Who who were some of those guys you found from Timberwolves of, of past? That- oh, like last year in the media guide, Robert Covington said one of his favorite memories is when he almost <laughs> bowled a perfect game. Trevion Graham, Jeff Teague, Shabazz Napier all listed bowling as one of their favorite. You say Vonley, Vonley too. Vonley also yeah, listed yeah. it. So we had to get all those bowlers out of the clubhouse. Yeah, you know. So in terms of who I think is the best, yeah, who do you think it is? Um, well, J Mac is technically not on the team right now, so I'm not going to pick J Mac, even though I think that he would surprise some people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Okogi. I just think that you know he's got so a well-rounded skill set. You know, he plays the tuba and he can. We, we know he's a golfer. He's got like Instagram videos of him being top golf all the time. He's, yeah. a, he's a top golf fiend. And I just feel like in general, the taller players are probably hurt because they're so far away from the bowling, the floor in bowling. I feel like. It might be you might have a height disadvantage that yes. happens in bowling. Yeah, I'm going to go with that similar thing. I'm going to go with a guard. I'm going to say D'Angelo Russell. Also, I'm going to uh, with with no data and no um, you know nothing to back this up. I'm going to say that good passers in the NBA would be good bowlers, right? You're passing the ball down the lane, right? That's what you're doing. You're okay. passing it down there. Well, you're then hitting maybe, it on maybe target. Ricky Rubio. Then I by think that. Rubio and 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 D'Lo would be two of the best. Also, so for some reason, I like that D'Angelo is a lefty. I think a lefty bowler uh, would would somehow be better. But he uh, must have to have his own ball. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What about dressing? What about the bowler hat? Who would look best in the bowler hat? Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think oh, bowler he, hats he's, work yeah. on round heads. So mm. that's the thing is find out who has the roundest head. Um, once again, J Mac was bald and I think oh, would look yeah, good. I'm thinking good on J Mac. Nas, too. I think, has a nice round head. He, that would look pretty good. But who I'm going to go with is Wancho because Ooh. a bowler hat is not in style and Euros can get away with doing weird things like wear a hat that's not in style in America. Yeah. So I think just I'm going to pick Wancho because I don't want Ricky wearing a weird old hat and I think the Euros can get away with bad hats. Yeah, I'm going to go with the coach, Ryan Saunders. And Ooh. we already talked about how, you know, he's he's looking good all the time and this year they're letting up a little bit. I don't think uh, – I didn't. I haven't seen anything in the new guidelines about headwear uh, while on the sidelines. So p- potentially, you know, you see him with the, with the dad cap on all the time, uh, you know, when he's coaching in the in the in the practices and stuff like that, so maybe he is uh, looks good in a bowler hat as well. That would be great if he went super formal for a game, like five piece suit. You still can wear a pocket suit, watch so with yeah. a chain. You know, yeah, like, I want someone to go the opposite way, full tux. Right, exactly. Look like a banker from Wild <laughs> West movie. All right, uh, Lago Mite on Twitter writes, I honestly think that we have a shot at the eighth seed. If we don't get there, whose heads are going to roll, if anyone's? How long will it take until we get a decent idea whether Saunders is the right coach and who are better options in your view? Let's go, Wolves. All right, Lago Mite, another long-time listener of the podcast. Appreciate you writing in. Eight seed, and probably two. Yeah, let's ahead. shout out Half Bear, Half Man from IG, oh. who also asked how long until Saunders is on the hot seat. Okay, so we're yeah, going to we'll talk about Saunders a little great, bit here. Great, great, great. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, first of all, eight seed, I mean, that wasn't a question, but Lagomite thinks we can get there. You know, I think maybe like the 10th, 10th seed is maybe yeah, the, possible. The, the eighth is a little rich for me. I mean, like we said, anything could happen this season because <laughs> of just the COVID randomness, and some teams are just going to be decimated. Um, We're coming. We're coming. I will say, though, that I think that, sure, we have a chance at the 8th. It doesn't really matter, though, because the play-in, it's like the 10th yeah. and the, through the 8th are yeah, seven through ten. all in play there. Yeah. So it's just it's going to be a shake-up anyway. So I think that, one, teams, once they get to that kind of, you know how some years, like the year we made it to the playoffs, we had to beat Denver on the last day because like the difference between the third seed and the ninth seed was like one or two games. Yeah. And it really mattered, you know, uh, uh, every single game at the end of that. I think that this year, instead, people will get to that range where they're like, oh, 
okay, we know we're not going to secure a spot. We're going to be in the play-in. And then, you know, there's going to be, who cares about fighting for the eight or the nine when you're, yeah, you're going to be in a play-in either four. way. Yeah. yeah. So I could, uh, I definitely, going back to, be, if we're crazy to be optimistic, um, <laughs> I do th- see a world where the Wolves could be that could be in that play-in. Yeah. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Yeah. Um, and as far as Saunders, you know, I think it's interesting. I think he's, uh, you know, at, but based on what he's shown, I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league, bottom five coach. It's hard to argue otherwise. Um, if you want to argue for Saunders, the, the idea is that his best years are ahead of him and he hasn't had a real team yet and that it's still it's still going to work and it's a long longer term type of thing that has to uh, you know work itself out. And I, and I could see that argument, but I think this year is kind of the year where the rubber meets the road for him, you know, unless, again, we have catastrophic injuries and stuff like that and you just really don't get a good idea. But uh, if they play 72 games, even in this weird COVID season and they have decent health and they have all these guys, um, you know, if, if they're approaching uh, playoff competency and look pretty pretty good on both ends or maybe overachieve a little bit, then he's safe, I think, because um, they'll want to continue this growth. And they'll be like, all right, we took a step forward. But if if they are, you know, the 14th worst team in the in the West or something, you know, if they, if they finish 14th in the West and it's another, you know, deep lottery season and it's just nothing works again and the defense is bad and the offense, you know, underachieves, I think it will be time for him to go. And I think, again, this is the one guy who's still left over from uh, previous previous time. Man, I wanted to shout out my dog, Ryan Saunders. <laughs> shout out to my dog, Rhino. He's my dog. We know KG loves him. And uh, yeah, I think Rosas is just biding his time here. Give him a shot. But he probably has funny. he probably has an idea of like, all right, at some point I can pull the plug on this. So I think it's funny because his first season, you know, he takes over for Thibodeau. At the end of the year, you know, there was talk about hiring some real coaches. Maybe even some guys got interviewed. Mm, they yeah. call them real coaches like Ryan's not, but that's kind of how we view him around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, former head coaches. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> More qualified yeah. options. And then they're like, well, let's give Rhino a shot here. And then because of the, how crazy last season was, turning over the entire roster throughout the season, Cat yeah. spending half the season out, mm-hmm. everyone said, well, it's hard to judge Ryan based on this season. Whereas I think this season is even going to be even crazier because of navigating like, oh, yeah, we're just – we yeah. lost a week because of COVID or this next week we have to play without D'Lo and Cat because they're both, uh, you know, got yeah. a negative test or a positive test. And there's going to be so much of that going on that I feel like it's impossible for Ryan to have a normal season where we can judge him on his merit. But I don't think, unlike last year, I don't think this will stop us from parting ways if it's, a, mm. like you said, a bad outcome for the season. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think it'll be an excuse like, oh, well, what could you expect him to do? You know, can't miss half the season because of covid. Yeah, it's just it's too many times that we're saying like, oh, how can we judge him? You know, because of this extenuating circumstance. And it's gotten to the point where like, yeah, we can roll it back, run it back for another year. But we're getting close to the years where we really have to maximize everything for a cat and D'Lo and this kind of iteration of the wolves and our plans around them and it doesn't have to be this year but the next few years are really important so i do think that there's a chance that ryan could really prove himself this season though because like we said discipline uh the amount you can buy people you can get people to buy into not doing dangerous stuff during covid Mm -hmm. like that was a big thing with uh major league baseball clubhouses is the better run ones didn't have guys who were going out to bars and stuff like that And so that's interesting that like that is part of the criteria this year. Right. right. There's going to be a lot of that stuff. The stuff that we said, like, oh, Ryan, yeah, he's not good at X's and O's, but he really gets along with all the players. He relates to his guys. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, And especially with Kat, you know, entering the season in grief. um, It just seems like he's overwhelmed with grief right now. And I Mm -hmm. would be, too, if I was in his shoes. And like you have a number one pick who's not going to be the most popular or used player on his team. You have Ricky Rubio coming back and there are D'Lo being a ball handler and so. 
like Mind there's all these feet. emotions and you know people you have to satisfy. And so if Ryan can do that, I think the end result for the season will be better than what most people expected. And that so I think in a rare way, this is a season where Ryan could really show his colors. Yeah, and it doesn't have to all be tied to wins and losses either. I don't think the team has to make the playoffs for them to retain Ryan. I just think they have to take the next step forward, and it has to like look the right way, and the vibes have to be right, and he'll stay on. But yeah, but I would say this you know, is uh, his last shot. You know, if yes. he has a bad season, yeah, no COVID, not all, all the COVID in the world can't save his job. Yeah, yeah, this this GM did not hire him, so keep that in mind too. That's kind of the most important part. He was forced upon him. Uh, all right, next question from uh, I think I bet Rosas and Gupta are trying to trade him Ooh. get a trade going doc rivers, <laughs> doc rivers style. all right uh 11 breath i think that's uh 11 11 underscore breath on twitter it could be ll but i think it's one one breath uh is there any realistic circumstance in which uh if rosas needed to include a point guard in a trade deal he would include delo good question i sure hope so one of the most disturbing things about the minnesota timberwolves is how much they are treating d'angelo russell like a sacred cow I mean, to not draft Leangelo Ball or uh, Lamelo or Leangelo uh, Lamelo Ball because he didn't, you know, the idea that, he, that Russell didn't want him or he clashed with Russell or just all the moves of like, oh no, Russell's Russell's our guy. He's he's an all star, right? It's like Russell is is very overrated, and I worry about how much the team sees him as that. Um, now I have faith in in Rosas to tr- truly know that in the right deal, you move D'Lo if you have to to get the right guy to get you know an actual all-star an actual difference maker um so i I hope not i hope that they they would move him in the right deal if it's beal or whoever it ends up being um but you know i think he's a good piece to have right now but i i'd like to think that he towns is really the only guy who's truly off limits yeah and you know what towns is not off limits either but it'd have to be like (laughs) trading him for someone better you know right right like if 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 they call us up and say anthony davis for towns i don't know (laughs) or or luca for towns yes right we we would do that You know, we'd have to do that. But I think that, you know, he's all but untradeable. And D'Lo, though, I think is up for grabs. Um, You know, I I, just a big contract. It would have to be another big contract. I think the only thing that would make you say maybe not is if him and Towns are getting along super well. But it's, you know, for all the storyline about them being best friends, they almost I never see them hanging out. You know, if they don't win games, that stuff doesn't matter. I don't care how good a friend you are. Neither does Rosa. Like those guys don't care. Like that's nice to say. But if you're still losing, if you're still not in the playoffs, you're still looking to get better. Right. And so I think that, you know, I was having this chat with uh, some of the Discord boys the other day because I forget it was the low post or something or maybe an athletic article where they floated the idea of trading for Harden. And then saying that it might look like D'Angelo Russell plus Culver plus either a future pick or maybe Anthony Edwards. And some of the guys were chatting, oh, is that good? Is that bad? Would you do that? And I said, no, you you do it. You don't even talk to the rest of front office because you're afraid the guy on the other end of the phone is (laughs) making a mistake and will come to his senses. That's how quickly you move on training those guys for James Harden because James Harden is that good. And so even if, you know, he's going to leave in two years and he might mess up the chemistry with Towns, you would do that sight unseen and so i feel like the idea that d'lo would be untouchable is definitely not the case especially if you can get someone like simmons or you know a Harden or yeah, something yeah like that. a real all nba guy it doesn't take a lot to get past d'angelo russell these days i mean he just needs to put up a little bit more effort all right uh yeah so hopefully d'lo still we got a lot of work to do so we're excited so keep that shit going <laughs> a lot of work to do 
All right, uh, at no cap space one writes, how many TMZ appearances will the Timberwolves have this season with the B-Easy drama? I like the B-Easy, taking the, taking the Beasley uh, nickname there. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, I might have been doing some research about nicknames, and some people wanted Killer Bees to be a nickname Okay, okay. for him. Yeah, there's lots of plays on that. Uh, how many TMZ appearances will the Timberwolves have this season with the B-Easy drama, Cat Dating Jordan Woods, and Hollywood Wancho? <laughs> I like that. Hollywood Wancho. I might start using that. Isn't that Nas's? nickname Nas has like a Hollywood nickname though yeah I think right so you might have to you might have to fight uh, him for it although I think Wancho is the the you know more veteran player so I don't know how that works higher up on the pecking order too so all right TMZ and the Wolves I mean it's certainly you know you don't want to see all the sort of negative stuff in here and that's kind of uh, what TMZ uh, you know sort of operates in that's that's how they roll but you know, on the other hand, it is sort of like, you know, the Wolves never get any headlines. And you never, even for even for the wrong reasons, it's fun to kind of see him in there and see him talked about for, for different stuff, especially if it's, you know, no one's getting hurt or anything like that. It's, it's all good. So I don't know. How many, do we see this continuing on? I guess I can see it more with Beasley. I feel like that's that's the main one here where it's like, this, oh, guy's, got, this guy's got a track record. Especially if he continues things with Larsa Pippen, you know, Ooh. that's that's headlines. We Anything, know the names those, those people are just famous for getting headlines, basically basically, mm-hmm. as it is with a lot of these reality yeah, stars. Yeah. And it's not just TMZ. I think a lot of the Timberwolves gossip, or not Timberwolves gossip, but a lot, there's a lot of NBA gossip blogs sure, and sure. other things like that. I think absolutely. Um, you know, these, I mean, Jordan Woods and Larsa Pippen, these are people who live off the attention economy. They they get life through making headlines. That's and right. so It's currency. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the business. And they, they, you know, that's kind of like reality TV stuff is, you know, how much can you believe? Because a lot of that stuff is just staged and fake so that these people can get their minutes on the show or get, you know, it's just like NBA. You got to get your minutes. No press is know? bad press. So um, I would predict that, yeah, expect some crazy stuff this season. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. Obviously, you know, if it's something real crazy like Beasley pointing guns, that's bad. That's but bad, like yeah. if it's just some... You know, he said, she said, reality TV drama, like, buckle up. We're going to have more of that than we've had in years. Yeah. All right. Moving on some Instagram questions here. You can follow us on Instagram at WolfscastPod over there. Please follow us. We're going to try and post some more stuff this year. Check it out. And uh, you can ask us questions there, too. Uh, first one on Instagram comes from Quarantine X Log. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that name is about. Uh, what's the prediction for Jarrett Culver's hopeful progression this year? Uh, good question. That's uh, that's a big plot line for this year. You know, I think looking at the young guys and seeing how they take step forward, steps forward, that's going to be huge. And so for Culver, I mean, obviously he was fantastic defensively. Um, you know, really really showed a lot on that end, being able to guard multiple positions and you know get in the passing lanes and make a mess and get going the other way and stuff. So what you hope for him this year is just that he can be a better finisher. I mean, at all levels of the offensive end, it wasn't you know, unlike you know, I feel like a Kogi's a little bit better. You know, he he gets in some good cutting situations and can find himself with some easy dunks pretty often. Whereas and he hit his free throws at least. Whereas Culver was just like. Awful from three, uh, you know. It kind of got better as the season went on, but still, you know, you still leave him out there. You still don't worry. Defenses don't worry about him out there. Uh, and obviously, you know, atrocious at the free throw line, like yips esque, like not even just bad, but just sort of like you know, broken. Markel Fultz like looking shot yeah. from uh, from free throw, and then was awful finishing at the rim. I mean, he he just he just uh, you know just missed so many bunnies um, at the rim. He would get there and be amazing in the athletic 
athleticism, his ability to jump and, and, and kind of change positions in the air and stuff is fantastic, but he can never really finish it. So to me, it's all offense for him. And, um, you know, I still am, you know, have high hopes for what he can become. I'm not sure if he's got star potential or anything like that, but he can be a nice piece. He's very versatile and stuff. So I feel like it's all about the offense for him and, and just being able to grow a little bit in that way because he's already fantastic with his body uh, defensively. I've seen some speculation, too, that if Ricky and D'Angelo are – Sharing minutes, who who will play point guard yeah. when they're both resting yeah. is Culver. That's interesting. And yeah. you know, obviously, I do think J Mac will sign a deal here pretty soon, and that Ooh. he'll be in the you know the race right. for that point guard minutes as well. But you know, that could be interesting to see Culver running the bench unit. Um, I think we've talked about how the bench unit could look good in multiple ways. So maybe yeah. you know, letting him be a playmaker is a way to see some growth from him. Um, I think hopefully, if I were to say like what I would hope for Jarrett Culver is he comes in with a completely different shot. And the season just yep. builds his confidence at the line from three. And it's not a shot that's broken. We can see the hitches in mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. And that by the end of the season, he's one of our best two-way players, you know, because yep. he, he's there on defense. It's just so far away from that on offense. But what I expect, unfortunately, is that his role will be marginalized. He'll lose some confidence in himself, so the shot will get worse. And uh, he will fall out of the rotation altogether. So. He, there's that danger of him not being in the rotation, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they traded up to get him at six, so they do kind of have this, you know, I don't know, I feel like uh, beyond other guys, it's like for Rosas is one of his guys, and so I feel like there's going to be some mandate to give him minutes and get him in there, but certainly, again, they're not they're not going for the lottery this year, you know? It's not it's not playoffs or bust, but they're certainly playing hard this year, and so if he's not, if he's not uh, you know, putting up the numbers and not contributing to winning, he won't play. I, I've wondered, I've caught myself wondering with everyone else seeming to kind of tip on the offensive side of things. We have a lot of great yep. offensive players, whether that'll make Culver double down on the defense side and be like, this is what's going to get me playing right. time is my defense. I'm going to really go all in on that. And, you know, that's just something I've been wondering. At Joey.Shell writes, what game matchup are you most excited for in the first half? Uh, yeah, what, what what game? What are we thinking about here? We got lots of, we got like 38 games uh, to look at here as far as uh, the Timberwolves well, we schedule already, goes. We already talked to MLK, so let's kick that one out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely very excited about that one. I think the obvious answer is January t- 29th, the 76ers come to town. Uh, last time they met up, Towns got suspended for two games for fighting. <laughs> Ah, feels like over a year ago. Oh wait, it was. So it was like it was like fourteen months ago when that when that happened. Uh, that's true. Yeah, actually, wow. Yeah, that's wild to think about. Yeah, yeah. It happened in the first week, third game of the season. Yeah, wow. What yeah, a, forever, time is weird. Forever and ever ago. Time is super weird. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, I'm. It's one of those things where unfortunately the Sixers are kind of like in a championship contending window right now. So they during the course of this rivalry, they've pretty much just stomped us all the time. So. It's not the most competitive matchup, but um, you, you expect to see some drama and some sparks fly. Yeah, and I think I'll go with uh, with the first uh, game they have against the Nuggets and uh, you know Denver coming in. Uh, let's see, where did I see that one? Where, it's really early on. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the fifth game of the season, sixth game of the season, uh, January third. Nuggets at Timberwolves. There it is. Yes. So I'm. I, I always like kind of a similar thing. I, I like Towns going up against Jokic and you know Gobert and all these guys, all these other you know super super enormous centers and super superstar centers and stuff. So especially you know the divisional situation. And I think Denver's going to have an X on their back. They're going to target on their back this year. You know, making it to the West Finals uh, last year and stuff. And so I think they're kind of a measuring stick for the rest of the West a little bit. And I'm excited to see uh, them uh, face off. Although I think we can all agree what game everyone's most excited about 
It's Wednesday, December 23rd. First oh, game of the season. Let's go. We're first back. time since March that we've seen the Tim Rolls play a basketball <laughs> game. Yeah, let's just do it. I don't, they could be they could be playing that Israeli team that comes over for preseason sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I would yeah. still be so excited to watch that. So first game of the season always gets, you know, your blood pumping. All right. Uh, Ole Pancoast, O-L-E-P-A-N-C-O-A-S-T, writes a breakout player question mark. Not really a question, more just like a phrase with a question mark. <laughs> breakout player? Uh, so I don't know who do we think Scott quickly is going to be the breakout. Who's going to be the breakout player for the Wolves this year? Who are you looking forward to? Why don't you tell me yours first? I'm going to go Malik Beasley. I have been mm-hmm. most. That's kind of what I was going to talk about in training camp too. I've been very impressed with the way his body looks, with the way uh, and j- just kind of you know piggybacking off obviously his amazing shooting. You know, uh, you know, ending to last year. Just just that how he played in the Wolves season at the end of last year combined with. Um, how I think he looks right now and, and, and the confidence, you know, obviously he's no shortage of that, but with the new contract and stuff like that, you know, we'll see if he starts or come out, comes off the bench uh, or how that will go. But I think he's going to have a really good year and I think he can be a big swing player for the Timberwolves this year. I think if you, if you're hoping for them to kind of yeah, get into that 10th seed, that ninth seed, 11th place, even something in there, it's going to be because Beasley is just a lights out player this year, shooting the ball and can maybe even be close to average defensively as well he's never going to be great he's a little too small um you know but uh you know short arms and stuff but you know i think he's just gonna be a flamethrower again from three i'm looking forward to it Malik beasley he should just shoot it every time he touches it i'm gonna pick uh someone who's getting a lot of buzz you know he's been here in layman's terms that's right jake layman (laughs) i'm gonna go with uh just seems like there's a real opportunity for him on this. Uh, yeah. how this team is constructed. I think he's going to play a lot of power forward minutes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I just think that, you know, he's still not a household name for, in the NBA circles. I think he's still kind of a niche guy. And I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, pulling down starters minutes by the end of the season. I just think he's the guy where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, he has a rotation member, Jake Lehman. You know, I yeah. think he's he's just going to, you know, he was injured last season. But when he wasn't, he was so fun to watch because he really – runs off ball and he fits into the system really well and so like give me a full season of jake layman please i think he will be surprising people last question here from instagram trav j shan on instagram writes which wolves player are you most are you irrationally high on that's kind of the same question as we just talked about a no, little bit but yeah i think we can we can kind of twist it a little bit and you know i think this is a player who you know when you say irrationally high on it's maybe like you know more than most people you know potentially you know it's like you're thinking uh you're thinking high, more more highly of them what, what do you think who are you most highly uh, rational on scott <laughs> um well, yeah, i have two different ones rationally high i yeah. have two different ones but i will only talk about one because everyone who listens to the pod uh, knows how irrationally i love uh, ricky rubio and i think that this is a great situation and people are gonna be surprised and i'm just so high i think he's gonna be great for this team but instead i'm gonna go with someone uh that you know put some respect on my name remember that this is my answer, too. I think that – remember how good he was the first, like, 20 games People of last forget. season? Again, we just said it was 14 months ago. He was taking, like, eight threes a game and making, like, 40% of them. He was dominating in just a way where you're like, oh, wow, Cat really went up a level in this last offseason. I can't believe the level he's playing at now. Yeah. And then the injuries just dogged him for the rest of the year, and he was never really able to show that. So I think if he – even just reaches the level he did at the first 20 games of last year, everyone's going to be like, who's this Carl that's Anthony Towns? That's an all-NBA player. That's an all-NBA player. Yeah. That's, a, that's an all-star team 
no doubter. And so I just think that that's the cat that I think we've just forgotten because of all the tragedy in his life, of him not playing for so long, of how bad our team was last year. I think it's easy to forget like how super good he is. And plus, he was that good on a team that did not fit him. He was kicking out of doubles to like Trevion Graham and stuff. Yep. Just imagine him surrounded with shooters, surrounded with, you know, with D'Lo and Ricky kicking the ball into him. Ah, oh, Jeff T couldn't throw an entry pass. We uh, we might be related because I am I'm right there with you on this one. You know, I think even if Towns takes a small step forward on defense, people are going to freak out, right? And that's even going to that's even going to boost things up even more, right? He just has to be if he's going to be the same level offensively, and then a marginal step forward on defense to become sort of average, it will just make all the difference in the world. He'll get MVP votes if that happens. Yeah, it'll be there, and he, yeah, he'll be all star. He'll be in the talks for All NBA. So. I, I think you're right by saying that it is it is it, it's unfortunate kind of in a way that that is irrational because, yeah, it's been so long. He was injured. People forget he has so much has gone on. Didn't play in the bubble. Family passing away. All this stuff has happened to him. But don't sleep on him. Don't sleep on Towns. He's still there. I feel like we did too good of a job rationalizing it. Yeah. It doesn't even seem irrational. At this point. <laughs> Cat daddy in the house. All right. That does it from mailbag. Appreciate everybody sending in mail. Um, that was very cool. We had a lot to get to. We got to as many as we could. Um, we'll do it again in a month or so, and uh, hopefully you can be on the show. All right, next up, Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly all right, it's the segment where we give out awards. Sometimes we give awards to things that are bummers. Sometimes we give awards to things that make us happy. Um, I'll get us started off, Scott. I am giving uh, my weekly Wolfie Award to someone whose work I've been enjoying on Twitter for um, a few months now. I'm talking about Jake's Graphs. Do you guys know about Jake's Graphs here on Twitter? That's uh, at just, just, Jake's Graphs. Just like it sounds, at Jake's Graphs on Twitter. This is somebody who just is just always, always right in the Photoshop game. Okay. He's always got just wonderful, um, you know, Timberwolves content that um, just really quick with it. You know, if anything sort of memey or newsy happens, he's on it, right? He's, he's bringing, he's got images for days. I can't believe it. And it's very much in the wavelength of our show too. Okay. It's very silly. It's very, you know, talking about mascots and, and sort of some of the off court stuff and a lot of entertainment stuff. He's getting into the merch game. And I mean, look at this. This is incredible. He's got this amazing image of, of the crunch uh, mini mascot. What's this, what's this mascot? Chomper. Called? Chomper, the like inflatable mascot as like a Macy's Day parade balloon. <laughs> he posted on Thanksgiving. So just fantastic stuff. I'm not sure if he's a Canis Hoopus person. I think he's sort of adjacent to Canis Hoopus. I don't think he writes, but it's a lot of images. This <laughs> is great. A lot of like animation, a lot of like, you know, uh, illustration. illustration type stuff. And yeah, it looks great. It's so good. He's got a change your face line of merch and, uh, Always really funny um, photos and just a really kind of clean illustration style that I really like. So been really digging it. Wanted to shout him out. It feels uh, simpatico with uh, with uh, Wolf's cast and the show you're listening to right now. Maybe we'll have to have him on sometime and uh, kind of learn about uh, you know how he got into the wolves and, and all this stuff because it's just fascinating to me because it's it's all really funny stuff and uh, yeah it feels it feels the vibes right with <laughs> with uh, with this show. So yeah, Jake's graphs on Twitter. Go follow him. You'll be happy about it. 
Awesome. It's uh, always good to have a positive one to counterbalance my negative wolf. Oh, this week. here we go. Let's I'm get mad, everyone. And the I can go on and on. We answered a lot of questions, though, so I'm not going to go on too long about this. But <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a streaming mess up in Ooh. here for sports now. I think a lot of you might have lost access to the Timberwolves. And now you're going to start figuring out within this next week, oh, how am I going to pirate these games? Because, Man. I mean, I was in such a good spot last season, Neil. I could watch the game on Hulu Live Sports. I could watch it on YouTube TV if I wanted. And then if I really had to, I could do the Fox Sports North app, mm. which is passable. It works. Spoil some games sometimes for you because they put the highlights of the games like right next to where you hit, watch the game. You know, you have to type in a, don't you have to have a k- traditional cable access to, to for Fox Sports North for the do. app. Okay, so, cool. And yep. I've got I've, there's one, you know, I, I borrow a lot of passwords as we all do. It's a password sharing economy. That's right. That's right. And so I do still have a connection. And so I'm still going to be OK with that. But I, YouTube and Hulu both are much better services, uh, as you would expect, than Fox Sports North's service. App, Fox, yeah. Fox Sports Go. And I can't do that and i love the flexibility because if something wasn't working on one app i just hop on the other one and there's so just... to back up though you're talking about this season fsn is no longer available on youtube tv on hulu tv is it playstation tv as well like yep. all these non-traditional all these... cable services that you know aren't comcast and aren't CenturyLink and all this stuff you know you used to be able to get fsn on there but as of right now they're playing they're playing it. games you know yeah. they're just trying to drive up the rate i mean they have something valuable sports people really want to see that's so yeah. entire reason like Lost our parents canceled their sp- their our, their cable package because fox pulled the games and they went to youtube tv because that's where the games that's where were it was and my dad needs to watch the twins, as do I, you yeah. know? And so, like, it, it's a really good bargaining chip, but they're just being so greedy about it. And, um, you know, the Fox Sports ownership, they had a, Fox sold a lot of them. I don't know if Sinclair was the one who bought the Fox Sports North. I think it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Sinclair is part of the Diamond Sports Group. But Sinclair Broadcasting, also villains. Oh. You know, like, one, we're going from Fox, which obviously everyone knows the problems with Fox. But mm-hmm. Sinclair is even worse because they own all these local news stations in the country. And then they mm-hmm. they make, they make force them to read this really conservative programming, like word for yeah, word verbatim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was big on Deadspin. I'll link it, yeah. I'll link it in the show notes it's from a few scary. years ago. So yeah. They're already like scum of a company. And now mm-hmm. that scum is preventing us from watching the Timberwolves and I'm mad about it. So I uh, probably, you know, don't need to go over time on this because I'll probably be complaining about it all season. And I'm sure you will too. Just well, let us stream the games. Let, let us stream the games, make it easier. Come on. We're still paying you. It's not like it's actual piracy. You're still getting paid, but here's the I other will thing. pay you money. I yes. don't, I don't want to go on a bad pirate feed online, yeah. but if you force me to, I will, but I, I would rather pay money for the convenience of these services. This is something of a PSA for all you listening right now if you think you have access to timberwolves games via fsn right now uh you might want to go check right <laughs> before we get into the season uh you know the preseason games happening uh, momentarily here as you listen to this uh make sure you have access because depending on how you get your tv into your house these days you might not be able to watch the wolves this year so double check that because uh the rights are kind of all over the place might depending on what service you have league pass and set up a vpn to fool people with your location Oof. who knows Ugh. what what a headache what a mess all right that's weekly this should Wolfies. be easy should be easy. Should be easier to to watch our team. All right, let's uh, wrap, let's wrap this thing up with a game, Scott. What do you have for us for a game? What are we doing? What are we doing here? Uh, well, you know, this is is an expandable game. If we had a lot of time, we could go a lot deeper. Oh, we got five minutes. Let's go. Well, Neil, uh, what do you think about when you think about Timberwolves nicknames? We've had a lot of great nicknames over here. You mean here. for players? Yeah. KG, oh. the big ticket. You oh, know, the yeah. kid. There's a lot. There's a lot of good ones, but uh, AK47. Yeah. Mad Dog, yeah, Mark Madsen. Simple ones like Big Al. Wally World, Big Al. Yeah. Godfather. Yeah, there's some good ones. The Man with the Golden Arm. 
AK-47 is one of the legendary ones. Right. One of the only times the nu- the abbreviation and the number is good. But that's also like sort of a weak nickname, where it's just like the where it's just like your your initials, like Cat, you know, or whatever. Like I don't know the numbers and and or you just get that like D-Lo. You D-Lo know? is a little like, lazy. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's like simple. It's good for on you know calling someone that like in a in a huddle or on the floor, you know, like D-Lo screen or something like that, yeah. you know. But you know, I like longer nicknames. Like Godfather's really good. You know, Spanish Unicorn. I don't know. There's some other ones that are really good. All uh, right, so we're doing nicknames. Yeah, and I All mean, right. there's a few good ones on this team that everyone knows. Ant-Man is going to be catching Pretty on. Pretty good, yep. Non-stop. Yep. Hado Kogi, one of our favorites. Yep. Um, so I have some uh, some nicknames from current Wolves players, former Wolves players. Oh I'm going to read them, and I'm going to see if you can get them, okay? All right. So let's start with uh, some current Wolves players. I'm not going to ask you, Jalen Noel. Apparently, these are all from Basketball Reference, too. Oh, yeah. Basketball they, they Reference is its own kind they of ecosystem of yeah. nicknames. Yeah, yeah. you might not have Sometimes heard it's really fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know who's Special K? Oh, it sounds familiar. In, on the Wolves? Yeah. No. It's a second nickname for Cat. I've never heard people call okay, him that. And okay. also, like, Hollywood is the, like we were talking about with Nas Reed. Nas, yeah. Do you know what he's listed as? Big Jelly. No. So, and Big Tima is Jalen Noel's, apparently. Okay. Uh, but a here's a player where we talked about earlier and what people thought his nickname could be. But on Basketball Reference, it's The Mutant. Which current wolf is that? The Mutant. The Mutant. The Mutant. Um, hmm. Somebody. Hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, I don't even know what that would refer to. I'm going to totally guess here. Let me guess Jared Culver. How about that? It is... Apparently Malik Beasley's nickname is the All mutant. Right, now we know. So that's why people are saying be easy or killer bees or whatever. All right. Well, now if we if we say the mutant on this show, you will know who we mean. All right. Who on the team has the nickname Sunshine? Sunshine. It's probably a reference to remember the Titans. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so it's a white guy. So uh, how about how about Layman? Jake, uh, Jake Layman. Yes. Apparently he got in college because he had the long blonde hair in college, just like. Sunshine. Great film. Great film. All right, Neil, let's go into some former Wolves. These ones shouldn't be too hard because either the uh, name is a little obvious or we talked about this on the show. Okay. Okay, so let's start with Trebuchet. Trebuchet. Uh, oh, man. Now I'm thinking Trayvon and Graham. Also but... listed as the Senegalese sniper. Oh, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's Gorgie. Gorgie Jang. The Trebuchet shot. Right, it's because it takes him. It's just the way his his release looks, right? Keeping it from behind his head. This guy was very briefly a wolf. Didn't do much, but we did name an episode last season after him. Cool Breeze is the nickname. Cool Breeze. Um, Wow, Cool Breeze. Was it Jamal Croft? No, he he played for the team last year. Okay. Cool Breeze. We traded Jeff Teague for him. Oh. uh, Traded Jeff Teague for this player to Atlanta, from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it's um, uh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Alan Crab. Yes, I found it. I found AC it. air conditioner, cool breeze. That's that how you is, get there. That is silly. All right, Bloodsport. Oh, Bloodsport. I remember that was James Johnson. What a killer nickname. Great. What a great nickname. Just an amazing one. Well said. Uh, Baby Shaq. Do you remember who on the team last year was Baby Shaq? Oh, just last year, Baby Shaq. Was it Nas Reed? Yeah. Uh, no. no both, both LSU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe think and of that. yeah, you would think of that because yeah, he's a big guy, big but this guy. guy is not. Baby Shaq. No. Rajon Rondo gave him his nickname. Uh, Kentucky uh, Towns? It is. Get that one first. The answer is Keelan Martin. Oh, that was another episode where we I, talked about I Baby Shaq. I remember that, but yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. 
All right. <laughs> like a guard, we baby shark. Well, I'll give you an easy one. Which former wolf was Professor Big Shots? Oh, uh, Belly. Bielitsa. Yeah, two nicknames. Belly and Professor Big Shots. Great ones. Do you remember the homie? The homie. Um, no, I don't. I don't remember the homie. Who's the homie? Uh, that was uh, Dario Saric. Ah, I should have got that one. Yeah, the like homie. Philly, in, Embiid Phil- called him the homie in a yeah, tweet. The Philly and the, fans went nuts with it. Yeah. The Philly fans really went nuts. Yeah. All right, this is an older player, Neil. Uh, but we did talk about him recently on the show. Frodo. Do you know who has the nickname Frodo? Frodo. Was it because no? But give me another hint. Was it because he looks like him? Is yeah, kind all, of. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's a point guard. Play oh, for us. Uh, Ridenour. Ridenour is correct. You got that. <laughs> Martin Freeman. And then do you know... No, Frodo was, uh, was uh, what's his face? Uh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Um, do you know which player had the nickname Rhino? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, Craig Smith. Cookie. Cookie Monster. <laughs> Rhino. The two list of nicknames. It's funny. I got Ryan Saunders now, so... Uh. All right. Let's do just a few more. These ones are... You're not going to be able to pair it with it. Okay. You've never heard these Doesn't make sense. Before. Yeah. Cole Sore. Cole Sore. Yeah. I mean, Cole. Not cold. Cole, Cole Aldridge. <laughs> yeah super unfortunate I've never heard him call that yeah it's terrible it's kind of mean um, okay Neil former Timberwolf Young Hollywood Young Hollywood oh no uh, mm, sort of rings a bell but not uh, Marcus Banks is it I don't know why I guess that <laughs> he is one of the more famous Timberwolves from recent years because of his dunk contest performances oh Levine wow Young Hollywood nope never heard that nope um, these two nicknames, Hard Hat and Lunch Pail, which former wolf, recent former wolf. All these questions are about post-KG wolves. This is the same person? No, this, yeah, Hard Hat and Lunch Pail are the same Hard person. Hard Hat and Lunch Pail are the same person. Um, uh, again, I'm thinking like a big man, um, I don't know, Thad Young? I don't know. Now his basketball re- reference nickname is Thad. But what kind of player would you describe as a hard hat, lunch pail, blue collar kind of guy uh, coming in and doing his job? Played a couple seasons with us. Uh, I mean, Peck or I don't know. Some, I own uh, I own his Prince jersey. Oh, um, uh, uh, I don't know. The league's only 67. Oh, Taj. That's right. Gibson. All right. This is nice. a Timberwolves fan favorite. Played two different stints with the Timberwolves. The Drunken Dribbler or Greyhound. Two stints with the Wolves. I mean, fan favorite. Mm, I don't know. They created his own blend of coffee for oh, Corey. Beer. Corey Brewer. Wow. The drunken dribbler. That's I've that never heard sense. this. Uh, I can see that one though. Okay. Yeah, uh, just a couple more that are just like what? How? The definition. This is a player who played with us for like a season, had back issues, then he went to Washington after he was here. Uh, I think he played in Portland before he was here. Oh, Brandon Roy? It was Martel Webster. Oh. And then the booty call. <laughs> this is a post-KG guy, like during that era. No idea. That's Ryan Hollins, apparently. Oh, his nickname is. all right. Booty call. Now we know. Now we <laughs> Nice. Well, now now there's like 20 Wolves nicknames that you know now, everybody out there. I've got so many more, but those are yeah. the ones we're going to go with tonight. Post them on Twitter. Post them on Twitter. We'll have so we'll get you can get uh, like the, you know, multiple choice. I love nicknames. Yeah. And so I think that especially for the players who don't have nicknames yet, like Vanderbilt doesn't have one. Yeah. Let's get some nicknames going. Vando, which is again just like that's not a nickname. That's just like the part, Vandalorian. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Let's make uh, it happen because 
you know, as a team fan, you, you as like a fan base, we can establish nicknames. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the few things we could do. Right, we got to, that. We can attach that to a player. Yeah, so yeah. let's get some good nicknames for our guys. Let's Colbert do doesn't have one. Uh, like we said, Okogi's got a great one nonstop. Oh, perfect. Go with that. I like when it's in their Twitter handle too. It's like, no, I've had this. A lot of I've times it this. is yeah. just like their Twitter handle. Nice. All right. That does for Wolves cast this week. Appreciate everybody listening and sending in questions and just being cool. The season is upon us. You guys after, uh, you know, ne- next time you hear us, Timberwolves will have played, uh, multiple preseason games. Um, Hopefully you can stream them. Who knows? Yes, we'll see if you can watch them or not. Um, uh, a week in the next week, though, we have a very special episode. Our next two episodes are very special. Next week, we will have Canis Hoopus' own John Meyer, old friend of the podcast, the Daily Wolf. Probably the most uh, no no guest has been on this show more. Nicknamed his um, dog Rubio. Yeah, actually, nick- not nicknamed. Named him his dog Rubio. Yeah, his real name is Rubio. So he'll be on the show next week with us, uh, same time, same place. And then the week after that, we will have Wolf's Cast Jeopardy with uh, Rob with an H, RK Brew. He will be on the show, an annual, it's like the fifth annual uh, Wolf's Cast Jeopardy. It's an event. It happens every year. We're doing it over Zoom this year. It's going to be weird. I don't know how we're going to do like sound, like sound cues and stuff, like for buzzers. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. If you, yeah. liked, if you liked Jake's graphs, you're going to love Rob's signs. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So stay tuned. Those are those are coming up next. And then, yeah, the season will be happening, and we'll get back to our normal schedule and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening to our show this week. We'll be back next week with another wonderful episode of Wolf's Cast. Until then, don't trust people named Scott. <laughs>